0: hey what's going on guys this is the edge dfs we are doing the quick slant showdown texans versus lions my name is tyson smith i'm joined by ellie hernandez ellie what's going on man we just broke this down for over an hour what are your thoughts quickly um we're doing a 15 minutes or less on this one what are your overall general thoughts for this particular matchup the first game on thanksgiving morning
1: Yeah, man, I think this could uh, end up being one of the the more exciting games in the slate just because you have some defenses that aren't very good against some offenses who have a lot of firepower. So I think it's going to be a fun one for DFS, and at the very least, it should be pretty fun to watch.
0: Yeah, like you said, you know, when you pair up two uh, shitty defenses with some dynamic, uh, dynamic offenses, but maybe they're not a very good team overall, it could end up being some uh, some explosive offense, some big outputs, and can be fun to watch. We haven't really gotten a lot of fun showdown games to watch. It's been generally pretty frustrating, so I'm hoping that this is not going down the same road and that you know Texans and Lions can be a shootout with no defense at all. We can get some Deshaun Watson, we can get some Matt Stafford, and things like that. So let's move on to... Uh, some Vegas information here we're just going to talk generally speaking Um, if you guys really want to hear the full uh, hour-long breakdown of this I'll link it in the bio I'll put it on the end card you can check out that it really helps to really dive deep and zoom in with with these showdown (coughs) matchups to really get an idea how to get that edge so generally speaking here uh, Houston is uh, minus 150 favorites Sixty percent win probability. It's a minus three spread, fifty-one total. So relatively, you know, pretty good total, pretty good overall. Um, not bad. It's basically a pick 'em, like you said. But uh, you know, Detroit is the road dog, or I'm sorry, the home underdog, and Houston is the favorite going on the road. Houston's three and seven, but I, I think they're a little bit better than their record. They're not a good team. Let's just not let's not pretend here. But Detroit somehow is overachieving. I don't know how they've reached that four and six. I, I feel like the record should be switched. Um, generally speaking, this matchup overall, how are you feeling about this? Where are you leaning towards? Uh, is the Vegas, the Vegas lines right on this?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think they are. Honestly, I might have uh, Houston a little bit more favored. But given the fact that it is a home game for Detroit, I can understand why it's... It's so close. Um, yeah, you essentially give the home team three points. So you, that, that would, yeah. if it was flipped, you probably have them at a six and a half point uh, dog right now. Yeah. So uh, I like it. I'm going to pay close attention to any line movement because that line going up or down is going to kind of dictate where I go with some of my builds. So it's just something to keep an eye out for, um, especially recording on a Tuesday. There's a good chance that we might have some movement closer a lot.
0: So when it comes to injuries here, we have some stuff to talk about. So... For the Lions, we've got Kenny Galladay. He's questionable with a hip injury. That's big news. Uh, DeAndre Swift, also very big news. He's questionable. He's coming out of con- a concussion protocol. And we got Danny Amendola, who's questionable with a hip. When it comes to the Texans side of things, we all know that David Johnson is out. Yes, David Johnson, not Duke Johnson. Uh, Duke is starting in his place. Uh, Randall Cobb is doubtful. He's got a toe injury. And Kenny Stills is questionable with a leg injury. So, how are you handling the injuries here? And, you know, this is the first game on Thanksgiving morning. Uh, if you're on the West Coast, that's a, I think it's a 9.30 kickoff time. We usually have inactives in, uh, 90 minutes beforehand. I mean, 8 a.m. rebuilding your lineups, <laughs> if you left Kenny Galladay out or if you put a bunch of him in and he's he is out, how are you going to handle this when it comes to injuries? Are you going to just... Uh, just roll with it, and then and then adjust in the morning. What are you going to do?
1: Yeah, I'll have a little bit more time right I'm on the East Coast, so I have I have a, a bit of an advantage when it comes to adjusting my plans based on last minute news. So yeah, um, I I honestly wasn't planning on getting much to a lot of Gal uh, Gallaudet anyway, so it's not something I'm going to be particularly mindful of um Marvin Jones is kind of my guy regardless of whether or not he plays. I honestly just think he gets a slight boost if Galladay's in because it's harder to uh cover both of them. Yeah. So I'm not really concerned about that one. The important one for me is going to be DeAndre Swift. Um if he's out, it's going to muck up that uh backfield a lot and uh shift kind of my strategy, but he's he's one of my favorite players on the slate. Uh so I, I'll be keeping a very close eye on him. But it, to, to your point, I'll probably have my lineups built and ready to go the night before. I don't want to spend too much time late swapping on Thanksgiving if I don't have to. Yeah,
0: and look, to be quite honest, that this matchup uh, in particular, it's there's not going to there's probably not going to be ownership available from the, all the major sites. There might be, but generally speaking, I think all the uh, the resources are going to go towards the overall Thanksgiving Day three game slate. So this particular slate might be, or this particular game might be left behind when it comes to ownership. And and I'm sure there'll be projections, obviously, but you know, it, it's important to figure out just if there is no ownership available, do your best to um, predict a little bit and figure out where you think, just crunch out a bunch of lineups and see, see who's ending up in your lineups. Try your best to so, sort of create your own ownership projections. They don't have to be, precise but if you can kind of get an idea where you think the ownership is going to go it's going to help you to to build less chalky lineups so let's move on to uh, we're going to go position by position quickly we're doing one or two names per position and we're going to send this out so Deshaun Watson is 13.2k Matt Stafford is 10.8k can you get both of these guys in your lineups are you prioritizing one or the other
1: uh, I'll be prioritizing uh, Deshaun Watson, kind of letting Matthew Stafford fall as you will. Um, I like both guys, and I think they're both in play.
0: Yeah, Deshaun Watson is a lock. I I'm not putting him at captain. That's just not how I roll. I think he's I think he's going to be 30 percent plus owned in the captain. If I had to take a guess, yeah, uh, he's the uh, one lock on the slate. Uh, the one player that I can just jam in in the flex and just not have to worry about it, and then rotate Stafford in and out as I need as needed. Uh, so, uh, running back wise, we've got. Uh, DeAndre Swift, who's questionable. He's 8,400. Uh, you got Peter Adrian Peterson at 5K flat, and then you've got on Johnson at 4,800. If DeAndre Swift is out, you've got to consider Carry-on and even a little bit of Peterson. Uh, when it comes to the other side of the ball, you got Duke Johnson at 7,800. I think he's overpriced. He's not a starting running back in this league. The only reason he is starting is be- because it's out of necessity. Behind him, you got C.J. Proceis. So you have options here. I, I'm more likely to fade uh, the Houston running backs and focus more on the other positions. How do you handle the running backs here? Where are you looking? But besides your your Swift pick, I know you're going to go heavy on him. Where do you go besides him?
1: Uh, I don't think I'm going to be going much else uh, other than uh, DeAndre Swift. I might have a couple lineups exposed to Duke Johnson, depending on where ownership projections have them as we get closer to lock. Uh, but uh, as of right now, I'm with you. I think he's a little too high-priced. Honestly, the only guy I really have interest here is Swift. Um, the other guys may come in as pieces if I really need to fill out some uh, lineup depth and get different.
0: All right, so wide receiver here. This is uh, very interesting. I think if you, can, if you can figure this out, if you can decode this, you're going to win money uh, come Thursday morning. Uh, you've got Will Fuller at 11.2 K he's priced up quite a bit. I understand he has high upside, but it's going to be really hard to fit in him, Watson, and, a, and one other high price guy. You're gonna have to punt at two positions. It's very, going to be very difficult. You got Brandon cooks priced up as well at 9,800. He, you know, he's had an emergence lately. I think that, uh, he is a good player. I just don't know. You can't get both of them in a single lineup and Deshaun Watson. It's just not possible. Um, from there, we've got Kiki, Kiki Coutier. Uh, hopefully, I'm saying that right. Uh, he's at 3,400. I think he's a good option, especially uh, you know on that low end. And then you got Kenny Stills at 1000 uh, thousand. Moving to the other side, you got you got um, Kenny Galladay. Like I said, who's questionable. He's at nine k straight up. Marvin Jones at 7,400. What a great price for him. I think, like you were saying in the in the intro, you were dead on. If he if if Galladay does play, I think Marvin Jones is an even better play. If, if Galladay is out, I'm still going to have Marvin Jones, but I maybe go a little bit less because his ownership will be inflated, and I just don't think he does as well with Galladay out when all, that, all the defenses concentrate on him. He just doesn't do as well historically. Uh, you got Marvin Hall at 4600 and Danny Amendola, who's also questionable, at 2200 Who's your favorite guy on the slate uh, when it comes to wide receivers? It doesn't matter what the price is.
1: Yeah, I like Will Fuller, and then after that, I think it's Marvin Jones. Those are going to be my two priorities here. Uh, Will Fuller has just been he has been outstanding this year, and I think he's in a great spot to continue to smash. And Marvin Jones, again, he's got the upside. He's going to get the volume. He's healthy. And uh, I, th- I think with his price tag, it's going to be hard not to get a bunch of them.
0: So when it comes to tight end, we got Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson, 7,200. Been sort of disappointing this year, but he does have a reasonable floor. Uh, you've got Jordan Akins uh, for the Texans at 5600 and you've got Darren Fells at 2600 Now, look, real quick, we'll talk about Houston side. I, there's not really much to talk about on Detroit. I think TJ Hawkinson is a good option. Try to fit him in, in a decent amount of your lineups, get exposure to him because he can definitely have a touchdown or two. Uh, when it comes to Jordan Akins versus Darren Fells, I personally would prefer... Darren Fells. Darren Fells has been the number one guy traditionally over the past two seasons. Jordan Akins has had a, a game or two that have, has gone his way recently. He's trending up, and so is his price. I don't think at 5600 you can really get too much of him. I'd rather get Darren Fells any day. If you look at his, his fantasy history, Darren Fells is the more consistent player, and he has more of a higher ceiling. I'm not going to really concentrate on either of these guys, like going too heavy on him, but I'm going to have more Fells than than Akins. What about you?
1: Yeah, um he, my thought process is the exact same as yours. I think uh, uh both Akins and Fells are in play. Uh but I think uh Darren Fells is just a better value at two point six K is the same upside that you're gonna get from Jordan Akins, if not maybe a little bit more. Um and Deshaun Watson likes his tight ends. That's all I gotta say about those guys. It, it makes um, as, as T J yeah.
0: yeah I'm sorry, dude go ahead. As,
1: no, you're fine. As, as far as TJ Hawkinson goes, like, I, he's going to be an ownership play. That's the only reason why I'll have exposure to him is if he's uh, projected for low ownership. But he's just priced out of my stratosphere, especially with the 2600 Darren Fells.
0: Yeah, um, Fels I, I, is I, nice. I like him. Yeah, Fells is nice. He allows you to get a lot of good builds. In our, in our full-length show, um, we, we built a lineup together, and Fels getting in there is just so nice. It helps really get you some solid builds. So, kicker and defense, I think kicker and defense are in play here. You got Matt Prater and Kyme Fairbairn. They're right around 4K each. Uh, you've got the Texans defense at 3,600 and Lions defense at 28. Now, look, I'm not going to play any Lions defense, full disclosure, but I will have a little bit of Texans defense. Um... I think that the Texans at 3,600 can get you that fumble recovery, can get multiple sacks. We're talking about Matt Stafford here. Matt Stafford traditionally is a very underrated quarterback. He's a pretty good quarterback, generally speaking, but he makes mistakes. And especially, look, I know it's Thanksgiving. I know he's played on Thanksgiving quite a bit, but he doesn't have a very good team. His uh he, they don't have a winning record there's not a whole lot to play for so in this case I feel like the Texans can really harass him and go all out I know they don't have a good defense I know both of these defenses are terrible but if I had to choose one I'd go Texans where are you going kicker and defense wise you're getting exposures to any of these guys
1: yeah I mean I think they're all in play Uh it's going to be uh, largely dependent on any line movements that we get Uh how, how much I play them if we go down I'll we'll probably have a little bit more of the defenses and kickers and if we go up, I'll probably fade uh, the defenses a little bit more. But uh, both these kickers are um, semi-nicely priced. And until we see some clear value open up on the slate, there's a good chance that you're going to need pieces of them to just build normally and get guys that you want into to good spots. So I think they're all in play. Um, again, it... This game could easily be 38 to 35, or it could be 10 to 7. So yeah. you just need to build for, uh, for a specific game script and ensuring and maintain consistency throughout your lineup.
0: So, Ellie, spit some knowledge to us about your general strategies here when it comes to building lineups, roster construction. Uh, talk about four two stacks, five ones, two fours, et etc. et cetera. Tell us where you're headed down here and how do we get leverage in the captain? How do we find that right guy to play in the captain?
1: So this is an interesting slate with the line being so close. It's important to pay attention to uh, what that generally implies for ownership. Um, it, I would assume that we're going to end up seeing a little bit more uh, uh, 3-3 lineups than we would normally expect from a Detroit Lions team um, playing against a shitty Houston team. But at the end of the day, I mean, uh, it's a three-point spread. So people are going to be playing both sides of the ball. I think you kind of just need to take a stand on this particular slate and identify who you think is going to be playing from ahead and stack their run offense against uh, the other teams uh, past, uh, pass attack. I think that's, what's going to give you the most leverage here. And if you go with a low, low, low owned captain, then you save a little bit of money and you don't have to get as crazy in those flex spots and you can jam in guys like uh, Marvin Jones and still pay up for Will Fuller. So I think there's a lot of flexibility given the fact that the, um, the lion side of the ball is just so inconsistently priced that it gives us a little bit of opportunity here. Yeah, my light just went out right now.
0: That's all right, dude. But That's um, fine. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to be looking heavy into 4-2, and I'm probably going to uh, uh, lean towards uh, the Texans way uh, in my, pati- my particular builds. All
0: right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to check out that full video, we go into Fate of the Night. We go into Crown Their Ass. We're having some fun. Uh, We really zoom in on this slate and talk about each player's down to the third, fourth string, fifth string players. So really, you can really find an edge. So check that video out. It'll be linked in the bio. Uh, Have a great Thanksgiving and uh, we'll see you guys for the next video. See you guys later. Thank you.